This is The 20 with DJ Spider, presented by BeatSource. Yo, 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 we are back. Welcome to The 20 Podcast, bringing you interviews with the best DJs, producers, and music industry professionals from around the globe. I'm your host, DJ Spider. That's right, that's me, DJ Spider. I'm here with you. We're hanging out. What is going on, you guys? Things are getting crazy. It's the end of November. It's almost Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to you guys. I'm glad we made it this far. Looks like uh, lockdowns are looming. All kinds of things are happening. So um, I will continue to do this podcast on work from home status and uh, keep us all connected and sharing info, sharing hopefully inspirational stories from my guests and from me and just connecting uh, you know, through this medium right here. Um, I really appreciate you guys listening and tuning in and keeping in touch. The feedback is always great and I, I love it. Um, so definitely keep in touch. Hit me with topics or guests you want to have on or anything. Um, hit my DMs at DJ Spider on Instagram, DJ S-P-I-D-E-R, or hit me on Twitch, which I just started streaming officially this weekend and it went great thank you so uh hit me on twitch twitch.tv slash uh dj spider dj s-p-i-d-e-r like i said i i did some late night pop-up stream this weekend not knowing what to expect and um it was unbelievable i ended up playing for almost five hours and uh i got a raid from my man four color zach thank you zach one of my first raids i think a couple other people were in there but Man, it was unbelievable. I'm going to be on there all the time. I'm going to be shooting for Tuesday nights around 9 o'clock. I think will be the time and date, uh, day of the week that I'll be doing it. So tune in. Who knows? That might change over time. But hit my site. I'll be promoting it. Um, thank you to everybody that tuned in and subscribed and threw bits and this whole Twitch world. I love it. Um, it was so much fun. I got to really connect with you guys, play songs I just downloaded or got from other DJs and connect with people in a cool new way that I really hadn't been able to before um, on my own Twitch channel. So stay tuned. That will be growing. I got some other shows I'll be doing on there soon. I'll surprise you with it and I'll promote it when I when I can on here. Um, and um, as always, this podcast is brought to you by... BeatSource, that's right. BeatSource is the new digital music service for open format DJs. And if you have not been on there, you need to get on. It is growing all the time. We've got BeatSource Link in effect now. And if you don't know what that is, it is giving you the ability to DJ off the cloud. So inside of Serato, you can sign up for BeatSource. You can click a button and boom, inside of your, if you so choose, inside of your Serato BeatSource can have 60 preloaded crates, all different genres that are constantly updated by these professional expert curators that are also DJs. You can also make your own crates, transfer them from other sites using Soundiz. You can create them yourself, which is what I'm doing. Um, I'm going to have my own playlist up there that I'll uh, I'll update weekly. You guys will be able to save that and then boom, it'll be in there. So every week I'll find new stuff for you pop it in there it's our way to share music and what's dope for me is that you know sometimes i'll go through spotify or different stuff to listen right and um this way i can just load it into my serato put it on autoplay and then boom i can be setting cue points 
dragging them into folders um, automatically. So it's just so streamlined. I have access to all this music off the cloud. You have a locker system if you want to take it off the cloud. But as we all know, we're pretty locked down in our house right now. So it works uh, very well for that. Um, but I mean, this is just the future of the way DJs can access music. You, it's not replacing your library. You still have your library with all your custom edits or whatever you want to have, all your vinyl recorded in. But it's just an amazing new tool. Um, and uh, yeah, go check out BeatSource.com if you haven't already. It's unbelievable. Shout to the whole family over there. Um, and thank you guys, all the listeners, the Beat Sorcerers. We couldn't be doing this without you. The audience is, is always growing. I really appreciate all the feedback from you guys. I put out there to ask questions and you guys always come through with amazing stuff I don't even think of um, even on this one Jay Espinosa wrote in and was like yo you gotta ask our guest who I'll explain who that is in a minute um, about this crazy party he listed all these things which that led to him telling this great story towards the end of this podcast you gotta listen to um, so everybody's getting involved in the helping us to ask questions it has that we got that vibe kind of like Twitch where we're always talking to each other and I love including you guys in the podcast because this is like our show as a community we're building um, so I want to let you know about our guest today um, I think you know you guys are going to get a lot out of this so our guest this week has contributed in my opinion an immeasurable amount to the DJ culture and the music industry and he has no signs of slowing down uh, this conversation that we had is going to give you insight into what kind of drive and hustle and networking it takes to continuously reach new heights in this game. And although I've been friends with this person for a while, uh, I learned a lot from this talk and I was equally inspired by it. Um, our guest has worked for almost 20 years. Uh, he did work for almost 20 years at one of the biggest radio stations in LA, Power 106, before moving on to do huge things at Apple Music. Um, so for all you guys that want, are really interested in being a DJ on the radio or getting into the streaming world, this is going to give you a lot of insight. Um, and apart from his transition from terrestrial radio to streaming, he toured and made songs with Kanye West. He also had a really big career as a mixtape DJ um, and doing clubs and events. He signed on with Rock Nation as a client, which is massive. Um, and he also has helped to launch the careers of some of your favorite artists, including Kendrick Lamar, Childish Gambino, John Legend, Lady Gaga, and Kid Cudi. Um, I think he was the first person to get Kid Cudi's song played on the radio in L.A. And he's just been an integral part of helping these artists. And I, that's what he's still doing today. Um, I, he really does it for the right reasons. He helps the culture out. And... Um, you know, I, I got mad respect for him. Um, and not to mention, he also has some of the craziest and most entertaining stories from DJing parties for Jay-Z, which you got to hear that story towards the end. There's crazy details that I can't even get into here. You got to hear it. And also touring the world with Rihanna. Like they went on a jet for her 777 album. They went on a 777 jet, seven cities, seven continents. I mean, it was nuts. They went all over the whole world in seven days. So um, I won't bore you anymore with the recap, but without further ado, let's get into this interview with our next guest. Please make some noise and give it up for DJ <laughs> Reflex. We got DJ Reflex on the 20 podcast. What up, my man? How you doing? What's up, brother? I mean, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, good. Big, life's crazy, man, but um, I'm blessed, man. Things are cool. 
the your your pandemic good it's just like the maintaining uh, yeah it's like you ask anybody how they're doing you're like for the most part everybody's going through the same general things different yeah. you know some people have more serious issues than others right but in general like right it's 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 interesting it's, it's especially in the dj community or the music community like you know getting flipped upside down it, it's uh it's caused everybody to, to to readjust and recalibrate their lives and such as it has for everybody so you know yeah, yeah i'm good nice yeah it's like a very loaded question <laughs> it's like how much do you really want to say but like yeah that. i mean but you you see both sides of it too because you're from the dj world and i think you can fully relate to what all those people are dealing with and all all of us and as well as you are interacting with the entire music world too and so you probably see what's happening with them and the inability to put, like release music yeah. like they want and tour and promote things like they planned on all that stuff right yeah, you you realize that, you know, music is the music business isn't just this like flat surface where it's like you download the music and then it comes here. There's so many lives and so many things that are obviously, and this is kind of like the obvious, but it's like um, music is such a living, breathing part of our world and such, um, and and performance and the art of being in front of people and around people is so important to what music is. It's like you know, it, this has reshaped the way people experience things, and it also leads to the question of like, well, how do people want to experience things moving forward and what does that feel like from a consumer level and also from an artistic level like okay if i'm an artist and i'm recording an album like what's the new experience going to be like is right. it just going to be the same as it was before or in this time of sitting sitting still do we come up with something that's even more um appealing or exciting you know yeah, yeah, totally. I know. I see everybody experimenting with like, okay, I'm going to do a world tour, even though I'm in the same city, but dedicated to each city, or I'm going to do this or the virtual or VR, you know, there's so yeah. many, I mean, there's the, that, that's nice. You're able to experiment and a lot of new things are going to come from it, but it's also just hard. I think for all, all the artists and the promo it's, teams and everybody being so out of their comfort zone and the inability to do what they're used to. It's, it's challenging and it's knocked everybody out of their comfort zones, you know? Uh, yeah. So, so it's, it's, uh, it'll be, you know, it's for everybody's own journey. Obviously some people are, everybody's cut differently of, of what they see their future is, but it's, it's, it's not a time to sit still and, and um, be comfortable because um, the business of music isn't going to wait around for, for, isn't going to just give you what you, what you want and need right now. You gotta, you gotta figure it out, you know? Yeah, exactly. I think that that was a thing in the beginning where people were like, okay, how long do we have to stay inside? Two weeks? We got this. You know, like, we'll be fine. Oh, a month? All right. But now people are like, okay, we need to just get used to what's happening and adjust to the yeah, new world. But I've seen, you know, I, it's been amazing to see so many people build communities online. And, and you know, totally. I haven't, I haven't um, started like a Twitch thing as a DJ or anything just because it's not my area of focus right now. But it's been ad admirable to see the community, whether it's there or other platforms, like starting to like find other ways to connect. And, and to me, from what I've seen of DJs that I'm friends with and fans of, yeah. um, it's been, it's been cool to see a lot of DJs that I, I would have seen play out pre pandemic, their DJ sets, like in a club setting, whether it's Vegas or LA, you know, typical kind of DJ set to play what they actually really enjoy playing on yeah. their own platform. Yeah, and it's been it's been it's been interesting to see like DJs show a little bit more of their depth and their musical knowledge and their style that may not be received as well by like mass clubs and such or like main market clubs. Um, 
Yeah. And it's, it's been, it's been cool to see people's personalities come out in like their own styles because they've been forced to do what they naturally do. Not like what a club wants them to play or expects them to play for this bottle or this buyer or this night or whatever it is. So that's one thing that's been kind of refreshing to see like a lot of DJs, um, you know, dig it, dig a little bit more. Yeah. I think that is the beauty of Twitch or just the online streaming thing is that you actually get to know the DJs that open themselves up and, are genuine and, and they're themselves on there. And like everyone has different musical taste, even though we're all from the same thing. Yeah. It's crazy when I see DJ Vice or Jay Espinoza or Four Color Zach yeah. or everybody has their own thing, no matter yeah. what. Could you, you imagine know? like, a, yeah, like nobody wants to go on and hear, hear like a typical hip hop night set like on Twitch and just hear like the hit records that are like right. on the radio and such. Like you're like, what am I doing? Like, yeah. Like, what is this? There's no, there's no soul in this. So like, yeah. So it's cool. To, it's cool to see some, you know, the other side of that again, which has been refreshing for me. Yeah, totally. And I wonder, I know that it's some seems to affect like the DJ record pools and even the DJ trading music type of world of like what people are making edits of and giving each other. And I wonder if it affects things like, you know, as big of like Apple or things like that, like the type of um, music that they're concentrating on putting on playlists or putting out there at all, you know. Well, I think, I think people, um, you know, I think people naturally through like times like this, like, I think that people look for, um, I mean, you know, people aren't experiencing, uh, like dance music the way that it was intended. You know, there are some countries that like actually did lockdown correctly like, and are having like ultra festivals and such. <laughs> yeah. But crazy. like, but generally, right. Like the dance market, you know, dance music right now is having one of the biggest, like, um, you know, uh, you know, times in its its life or cycles in its life again where dance music is there's really great dance music coming out in my opinion and yet the places to experience that in its natural habitat don't exist as much as as it was you know pre-pandemic so so like things like that are kind of strange um yeah you're right but but it, but the records are still doing well but i do think that on the flip side of that people i think it's just like in any time of I don't want to be so pessimistic and say sadness or like mourning, if you will, but like the hard times that people are going through. I, I think like music is always, um, you know, music makes you feel better and it also comforts you. So I, I, I really read into a lot when it comes to like what music people consume when they're feeling a type of way. And I do think that people are consuming more than ever things that make them feel nostalgic or comfortable or safe. Um, so I think, uh, I think that's been an interesting trend that I, I feel, I wouldn't say that I've seen like in stats and such. I just feel it, you know? Um, yeah, totally. Yeah. I see it through the DJ sets too. Like that was, that's been the thing that people gravitate to is the nostalgic kind of sets. And then people will play new stuff, but it, it can even be reminiscent of the old stuff in a way, or it has to give them that good feeling. Kind yeah, of. People want it, like the, there's something about familiarity and like comfort. And I think that's even like reflected in, um, I forget his name. Was it um, Dog? Whatever Dog, the dude on the skateboard with the cranberry juice. Yeah, totally. Like, playing the yeah. Fleetwood Mac. It's like like that was like such a big moment because like that that record is a, such a special record, and we all know that it's like one of the best records of all time. Yeah. But like, I felt like it felt like some just like vitamins that we all needed when that came out. It was like it just felt like nutrient. Like it just it just fed our souls a little bit. Like oh well, this feels good in this moment of craziness. I know, isn't that crazy? It literally just took over the world. I mean, I I, mean, I follow yeah. that guy. I mean, he's like yeah. so famous now. You know, it's insane. we all we all needed that. Like we needed that moment, and it was him. 
but it was also the song and it was like that connection was was perfect in that little tiny little clip you know yeah you're right that's representative of kind of what everyone's going through right now and like what they need and the type of things that can make you feel better in this time um and we're so disconnected in a way so we can like find these things where it's like everybody loves this song and loves this guy you know it's like he's representative of all that you're right yeah yeah that's yeah, dope. Man. Well, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that like, you know, I'm excited to have you on the show because um, you come from the real DJ world, obviously. I mean, you've got so many amazing stories that we'll get into. And I think that, um, you know, I think it'll a lot of DJs will be able to get a lot out of your story and um, people will be able to learn how, you know, you've made a transition from being a DJ to going into terrestrial radio to online radio to, to streaming services. And, uh, yeah. you know, you'll be able to tell us like both sides of it. And, uh, plus tell us some crazy stories that, uh, people were asking about online already. <laughs> That's um, funny. Yeah. Jay Espinosa writing in about some stuff so <laughs> we can, uh, yeah. I, I mean, listen, I've, yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I've been very, fortunate to be in some situations um and not to say i haven't worked hard but like it's like i've always just kind of uh i mean to be honest i've always just taken every opportunity that was put in front of me and and hope that they pan out and somehow i've been really really lucky that that doors have opened at the right times and and to this day like i'm super grateful for a lot of the doors that were open for me um by by people that took a chance on me or that like invested in me and such like it's been it's been really interesting yeah. And also, I think you're good at um, taking advantage of those opportunities in the right way. You know what I mean? And not like and and keeping your relationships with people, it seems like, you know, and just knowing, um, I don't know, you know, paying attention to every what everyone's doing all the time and growing with it and stuff. Yeah. I mean, I, I'll, I'll one of the things I think I I I feel most proud of, I guess, is um, I feel like I've always I've never hated on anybody and it, like i've never had to like hate or like be negative towards another dj or whatever to like feel good about myself right and i and i and i love seeing some of the djs that i was helpful of like whether it was putting them on the radio or putting them in a position to do something and them and them having a platform that you know is bigger than me at radio or or doing whatever like that's dope to me like i just like to see people, good people win. I like to see people that work hard. I like to see people that are talented, get a chance. I, you know, I, like I, you know, so, so that's one thing I've, that's always made me happy is just watching friends and people that, that work hard, get a chance to, to shine, you know? Yeah. I think that's important. I try to be like that too, you know, and try to be positive and, and just know that there's room for everyone. Like it's not, it's a, I understand the competition thing, but it's not, yeah. um, and DJs are almost prone to be in that battle competition mind state. Yeah. But, um, you're right. I've never heard you say a bad thing about any DJ ever. So that's a, I think no, that's it's a, fun. And I think there's a difference of like critiquing and having favorites and being like, course. Oh yeah. That, but, but like, but, but in general, like if I've ever found someone or seen someone that like maybe was getting hated on or like, you know, I was in situations at radio where I felt like, you know, specifically like female DJs at one time were just weren't respected as much. And also like, I think an open mind of like this, of what skills have become and like the expectation of skills. You know, I, I feel like specifically DJ talk, like growing up in on the West coast, you know, outside of LA, but listening to Los Angeles radio, there was a style that was like the style that was like, mixed to the instrumental and then you mix to the song and a very clean yeah and i remember going to like 
New York for the first time and hearing like that style of DJ and I'm just like slamming records and funk flex on the mic and just dropping stuff and being like, this is terrible. Like, what is this? Like I had, I, cause it was so foreign to me. It made no sense, Yeah, but it made all the sense out there. And then now you look at like where those styles have kind of combined. Um, and it is about delivery. It's about showmanship. It's about still cleanliness, but like not as much, but like that, you know, it's more about, so it's, um, I've, I've tried to study it all, along the way and try and understand why things work at certain times. And, and, um, and I think like having an open mind to people that maybe weren't as clean as mix as at mixing as other, someone else, but like their hustle was crazy or their, this was crazy, like whatever they were working on. Um, and trying to figure out like how to support those people and being like, okay, yeah, I see people kind of like not understanding this, but like, I see what you're doing bigger than that. Like, it's not, that's not going to stop you, you know? because that was myself too like like that was my journey like you know i grew up like everybody else like admiring the executioners and the beat junkies and such and being like i'm gonna be a battle dj because that's what i that's what i love and then like i entered a few battles and was like i'm not very good at this (laughs) like my juggle was extremely basic and (laughs) right and so and so like i was like okay that's not my calling that was fun but like now i know that like I need to figure out another angle, (laughs) you know, like that wasn't what I was really good at. Let me figure out what's next. And that's how I feel like my journey got me, you know, moving forward was just to always (laughs) learn to fail fast and figure out how to um, do things, you know, find my own lane. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. A similar thing where like, I love scratching and all that stuff. And I remember trying to enter a couple battles and being like, all right, maybe I don't want to be the full-on battle. I just want to develop the skills part and then incorporate it into my DJing somehow, you know? Yeah, um, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, you know, I like, you know, you know, fast forward later in my career, like I had the opportunity to tour with like Kanye West and right. um, not to like jump too yeah. far. No, definitely. But, I want to get into all that stuff, but yeah. But 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 the point I was going to make is like, when I had a chance to go out with them, the, the set that I played was put together by A-Track. So oh, like- okay. So I had to go watch a track do like I flew and like watched a track and Kanye together on like Wednesday. And then like Thursday, like I was on stage with Kanye, like in front of like thousands of people trying to do what like Kanye, what, what a track had created and right. performed. And like literally we had like notes in like my Blackberry, like, like tone scratch out of heard him say like 16 <laughs> bars and so like literally during the show i'm like referencing like my notes like all right i gotta do a tone scratch coming up and like doing it and like i just remember like after the show kanye being like you know you, you should probably work on like that area like and i was like yeah no shit like like just, i just i'm like i learned it last night like you know what i mean like yeah so, and um, even if you learned it five years ago like a track is about 27 I, I years ahead of everybody yes so. <laughs> i couldn't do it like if i try to do it now it would sound terribly worse than what a track created yeah that's so, crazy yeah yeah i want to hear yeah definitely want to hear all about the kanye tours and and all that stuff um but i want to give people a background on like how you started and like you said you know i was going to ask you who some of your idols were but you were saying executioners and and those kind of battle djs and um did you have anyone else that like got you into djing or that was an influence for you coming up i dude i I, you know i grew up in a really small town outside like it's between la and, and vegas called barstow and it's like it's in the middle of the desert. There's nothing there. There's no DJ shops. There's no record. There was like a tiny little record store. Yeah. Um, so my, my interaction with DJs was through LA radio, which I could get like through a little cable that I would hook up to my stereo. So pretty much every LA DJ in the late nineties was my inspiration. 
Right. Like, yeah. specifically, like, Melody from the Beat Junkies and, yep. like, that whole crew. Like, like you know, and when Babu did his mixtape, like, those were, like, those were probably, like, my superhero idols. Um, right. But then I would watch on TV, like, clips of New York DJs, whether it was music videos and such, and that's what intrigued me so much was, like, what they were doing. Um, so there was so much. And then, like, as I matured and, like, got older and, you know, got to travel you know, there's DJs that played sets that just blew my mind. Like, you know, whether it was the first time I heard like Spinna play in New York yeah. or, you know, obviously, you know, I, I only had the pleasure of hearing Amen, uh, Amen, um, shout out to Amen, uh, um, uh, AM, I'm trying to yeah. say. Um, I only had the pleasure of hearing him play like twice because it wasn't my like circle of friends. Like it wasn't something I was around. Oh, okay. And, and like the first time I heard him play, um, I didn't know it was him. Like right. I didn't, I just, I went to the club, I went to the club not knowing who the DJ was yeah. and like, was like, yo, who the, like, what the heck is this? Like, this is yeah. crazy. Right. And then finding out and they're like, oh, that, that's, that's AM. And I was like, oh, like, yo, I've heard, like, I've only heard great things about him, but that, that was crazy. Like, I didn't know, like, whoa, you know? Yeah. So, so there was like, so there's been so many colors that I've been fortunate enough, like as a DJ to be around, um, and to, to witness in different environments. So there's, there's a ton of inspiration, like, like so many. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing with traveling and going around. You start to get exposed to all the different markets and how different the DJs are in each place. And just, you know, like when I'd go to Miami and realize they'd be heavy on the mic and in the Latin music and just dropping the songs and talking to the crowd. It was like totally acceptable. And and New York had that, but was more about that slamming and the and the surprise, you know, yeah. cut ins. And then LA was had the scratching and the blending and wanted to be smooth and um, you yeah. know, and each, it was very cl- clean very clean yeah yeah like yeah man i i mean just i I, you know i take and not just that but there's been djs that weren't my favorite necessarily that like there there's it doesn't mean that like there's not a part of their set that i'm like that was tight you know i mean it's just like it's the same as like an nba player to me like there's like players that are like fairly mediocre players but shit they're in the league so they're good right Um, and they may not be my favorite they may not be lebron but like every game or every four games they might have a crazy play and you're like oh that's dope so so I've, I've just always, you know, if anything, I've just always paid attention to everybody and just, just try to recognize when people are dope and, and give them credit for it. Right. Do you think Sheck West is going to be in the NBA? Uh, <laughs> did you know that he, he entered the draft? He said, I guess. Um, I, I don't know. <laughs> I've never seen him in person. I don't think. Is he tall? I, I have I no like, idea. I don't know. I'll, everyone was talking right before we got on. I saw everyone talking about Sheck West being in the draft and being in the NBA. And I'm like, is this real? Like, what's going on? I know. I'll be, like, I know. That'd like, be crazy. Yeah, like, I, I loved that. That'd be awesome. Yeah, that'd be super awesome. Um, well, so so getting to like your radio stuff. Um, you know, you've had such a long career and and so many experiences um from terrestrial radio to online and where you are now um and you know just speaking for the terrestrial radio stuff on power 106 you had one of the dopest like to me one of the more musically eclectic shows and um a show where you could break records and artists um more than some other ones that i had heard on that station at the time um can you tell us like how you got into radio and how you ended up with that kind of show yeah 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 i mean um yeah i spent in total I, I had been i spent 17 years of my life at that radio station wow and i started when i was you know 18 years old as an intern so including that period um and i just got an internship in a department that i had no business in it was like commercial production but it was like 
um it was with my way in the building and that's and that yeah. kind of goes to again like to me like like you know i never was ashamed of like like you know if i need to wash dishes i'm gonna get in i'm gonna wash dishes and then i'm gonna figure it out like i just gotta get in the building and, and make my and figure it out and that's kind of how i've always worked so so i got into power as an intern and and then what i started doing was like learning other jobs even if they weren't hiring I, I wanted to learn how to do it so i would stay in like the overnights with like mr chalk who used to like host the overnights and i learned how to like run the board in the studio and such and then when they needed somebody to board off they're like oh we need to hire a board up i was like i already know how you don't even have to train me and they're like oh okay like give it to him <laughs> yeah and then I, at one point when i was trying to get on air as like an actual dj they were like we don't really want to hire you like as a mixer because we need you as a board op. And if you're board opping, like we can't have you mixing. Right. And I was like, wait, well, if you're not going to give me a chance to mix because I'm board opping, then I quit. And they were like, what? Like, that doesn't make sense. And I was like, no, it makes sense. Like, I'm not, I, I'm not going to not get to mix because I'm doing this other job. Right. And they were like, you're serious. And I was like, yeah, like I quit. And they're like, well, if you're going to quit, then I guess we want you to DJ. And I was <laughs> like, okay. So, so then like, I got like a 3 a.m. slot to like DJ for, you know, as like a tryout. Yeah. And paid my dues in these like late nights. And that's with like vinyl records at that time. It's like probably 2001 ish. Um, and, um, and, and long story, try not to be too long because it's 17 years to sum up. Um, you know, once I started getting some decent slots mixing wise, um, it was, it still wasn't enough for me. So I started doing mixtapes. Um, and I started, um, pressing up my own CDs and had connected with like some dudes that like run the basically ran the SWAT meets in, right. in, in Los Angeles and the Bay. Um, and they, um, you know, I started moving like crazy mixtapes and I actually started like, <laughs> like legit making money doing that. Um, right. And at one point when I was trying to make a bigger name for myself within the radio station, um, artists like snoop and dj quick and some west coast artists um actually started giving me like exclusives for my mixtapes because they they were hearing them in like in their areas right and so they were they were like yo he this dude's like and, and it became a point where i started figuring out how to get records on cd and putting them out before they were commercially available to buy so yeah. what i would do is like I, w I at that time i figured out i would fly to new york on my own dime and i would go like go hustle and meet like A&Rs mm -hmm. and they would give me like their mastered CD versions of things that were coming. Like I'd get releases before they were out um, yeah. or, you know, sometimes by days, sometimes by months. And I would listen to it and I would A&R my own mixtapes and I'd be like, yo, this is, this is a hit. Like this is a hit. And so by the time the record even came out, I would have already pressed up the CD and it was like available. Right. So when consumers would go to the store to buy it, whether it was like Norwalk records or what have you, they'd be like, yo, I want that new, whatever record. They'd be like, we don't have that single out yet, or that album's not out yet. It's coming out in two months, but that song is on this mixtape. And so I found like a real hustle in like kind of finding hits. Um, so that became a hustle and, and people started noticing me by that. And that's eventually, I think kind of by way, how I ended up meeting with more managers and artists. Right. And that led, and that led to me meeting, um, one of my biggest mentors, if not main mentor, uh, named Jay Brown, who like, uh, is Rihanna's manager and basically built rock nation with Jay-Z. And, um, he was a and r like Missy Elliott at the time. And, and he was like, yo, I heard you have like a really good ear. Like you should come, you know, hang around. So I started hanging around his A&R office at Electra Records at the time. 
and he put me on the on the road with this this rapper um, named Nocturnal that was like on like a Dr. Dre album. Yeah, I and know basically Nocturnal like, for sure. and it was like basically a bunch of like Crips from LA um, <laughs> and me running around the country on promo. Wow, and and it was like, um, and it was just funny. And but but that door, like me running around with Crips and like almost feeling like I could have died many times, <laughs> yes. um, or at least in, at least um, injured. Um, we were in New York on a promo trip and he was like, yo, there's this guy that produced a record um, for him named Kanye West. And I was like, he's like, he just did all these records for Jay-Z, like the takeover and H to the Izzo. You should go meet up with him. It's his birthday. And I was like, okay. And I didn't really know who he was, whatever. So my boy yeah. picks me up and we, we, I think I'm going to like a club or a restaurant to celebrate this guy's birthday. Right. And we, and we pull up to like his apartment across the river in Jersey and it's like 15 people. And it's like, I walk into like Kanye's apartment, not knowing who he is or what he looks like. And it's like most F Feral Monch, um, Kanye's mother and like a few other people. Wow. Um, and I'm like, who, who, which one's Kanye? I asked my friend and he's like, well, there's an oil painting of him over his own fireplace right there. So it's, I'm pretty sure it's him. And that and was, was back like, then. Oh. <laughs> yeah. That says it was a lot. His first, it was the first picture of him that was published like in the source magazine and he had it made into like an oil painting. Okay. Um, so very Kanye. So we, uh, <laughs> yeah. So we, uh, so we exchanged info. Like we're like, Oh, like he's like, yo, I heard you're on the radio in LA. And I was like, yeah. And he was like, yo, you know, I rap too. And I was like, cool. And I was like, let's exchange info. And he's like, I'm going to start coming to LA. And then that, that opportunity, like, again, like me just being like, all right, I'll go meet whoever this person is that Jay told me to go meet. Right. Like that, that changed a lot. And the reason why I'm telling this story is because once Kanye kind of took off, um, radio, like they didn't, they weren't giving me, you know, any attention. Like, like I didn't matter at all. I was just kind of like the fill-in DJ on the weekends yeah. and wasn't getting any real opportunities or, you know, getting to play shit that I really wanted to for the most part. And then when Kanye took off, that kind of gave me leverage. And what I realized is like, if you don't have leverage in a situation like that, you're just a, you're just kind of a worker bee. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I've never really wanted to be that. Like, and, and it wasn't really my calling, um, even at radio. And so that gave me the ability to be like, all right, like you need me to get Kanye for like your radio concert. You need Kanye to do this interview. I want my own radio show, you know? And they were like, no. And then I was like, well, then I quit. <laughs> and they're like you quit again and i'm like yeah so every so every time i wanted my own show or like a position at radio i had to like quit right like like i was never ca called in the office like reflex you're doing an amazing job you deserve a promotion like radio is not built that way radio is like a business of like advertising do what we need to get our ratings so we get our advertising play the hits do what we say um and if you become too much of a star, we'll recalibrate. Right. Or maybe, maybe we'll pay you more. Maybe we'll give you your own show. But like, they're not built to like make you a star. You kind of have to do it yourself. Um, and so for me, it was like, uh, okay, like I'm going to quit and, and, and don't call me for Kanye shit. And I'm going to, I'm more of a threat for you taking Kanye to like the competitive station. Like you're yeah. hearing, like you're better off just like, paying me more just to like not do that like even right. if you don't put me on i think it just so, shows like the power it's just like in any situation like that the word no can have more power than you think right or just turning things down for a reason and yeah, and you like gotta, you said with the leverage thing you know having yeah um, it's, you can't you can't just do that with it like you can't you got to have real leverage you can't go of in course. and be like 
I deserve this. And they're like, the fuck right. out of here. But I think um, that's the way people look at DJing and a lot of the stuff of like, I'm so good. I work this hard. I put in all this work. Yeah. And yes, you might be great, you know, but it's not always about that. You know, it's not so yeah. black and white, like cut and dry like that. It's it's like, listen, I was there for 17 years. I broke a lot of artists. I was a part of what I think are like some really important movements. The day I left, I got like three phone calls. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the day that like it was time to like, and granted right. I moved on to other things. Like it's like on to the next, like who's the right. next person that can help play this record. Like people yeah. don't care that much about you. Like, like in anything, like, like if you think yeah. like, you know, as, as long as you're happy with yourself and you are doing what's right by yourself and you feel like you're being respected, then cool. Like whatever makes you happy. If it, if it helps you get your gigs or, it, but like, if it's not doing that, if you're, if you're having to like not be creative, you're suppressing your DJ skill. You're not playing music that you truly are passionate about. You're not playing it in the way you would naturally want to play it. Um, and it's not helping you get gigs because of affiliation or whatever it is. And like, why are you doing it? It's like this, it's like this concept of like, it's a false dream to be like on the radio or do this or that. Like, like it should only be your dream if you get to do it your way that makes you happy, you know? And, and that's to each person to decide, like, you know, some people are totally content just being radio DJs or just doing something and being that worker bee and because it was your dream to do it. And, yeah. and you check that box for right. me. It was never, there was never ever a ceiling on that to me. It was like, okay, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do this. And every time they tell me, no, like I'm just going to quit. And if they don't really want me, that's fine. Right. And so I was, I always kind of was prepared to leave, you know, at any time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, that's good. I mean, it's like you're, hol you, you're holding on to your power in a way. You know, you're not like giving them the power by just having the one singular dream or like, like you're saying, just right. like worried about if someone likes you or not. Like, cause in the end yeah. of the day, you got to just care about I, yourself and look up. Man, for I saw, I saw DJs that were, had the number one rated, rated show, like on the show up to their job on like a one day. And they're like, come into the office. We're going to go to a different direction. And you're like, like, I saw that, like, as someone coming up. So I was like, they fired, they fired them. Like they're the, yeah. they, just for whatever reason, whether it was salary or they didn't think they fit a certain image or whatever it was like. Yeah. So I was like, oh, there's no loyalty here. Like there's like, like right. none. So I'll just do my, do what's best for myself and try and make sure my family and people are taken care of and, and, yeah. and do good by people. And, and if this doesn't work out, at least I'll build relationships, other places that I can, um, you know, find a job doing something else. Right. So, so what made you finally leave, um, power? I think, I think DJs are, there's an, whether or not people, DJs make that jump. I think there's a natural progression from DJ to A&R and DJ to executive. Yeah. And there's, uh, there's like literal examples. And like the big, biggest example that I know is someone who, um, I had pl a pleasure of working with on, on a lot of levels is, um, uh, big John Platt, who's now like, I don't know what his title is. Like, he's, like the biggest the title boss. you can have, like, <laughs> yeah, like the global the publishing of, of, of Sony, you know, right. like, um, but I mean, from a publishing side, I mean, er like everything, yeah. almost everything you can think of that's been like game changing in the last yeah. 20 years, like big John's been a part of it um and been and and also along the way been like the nicest person like one of those people you can't say a bad thing about but like he was a dj like you know in his teenage years or early 20s like he had a denver um and you know he's never told me this but just from being around him like his ear he's always had that ear he's just always had the ability to understand how a record's going to connect 
and DJs have, um, you know, that natural ability to, because, because it comes from the experience of playing music for a room of people and understanding how different drops or sounds respond, not just sonically in a speaker system, yeah. um, but like how people feel it. Yeah. Um, and, and so there's a, there's a natural progression there where their DJs want to make that jump or care to, but like, you know, they're just, just as there is, I think if you played an instrument in like high school or middle school, I think if you did that before you were a DJ, I think it makes you a better DJ as well. So right. I think there's certain like keys that unlock doors that unlock more doors and being a DJ opens so many doors. Yeah. And there's so many elements to being a DJ, even besides the music thing, like just the being able to read a room and interact with people, you have to be able to read the crowds and the people listening to it or be in a meeting and be able to, you know, feel, feel what's going on. And, uh, and just us being able to adapt to, to anything like the way DJing was created was just some hack together thing and plugging in something in a park and, you know, make things that were not supposed to be used the way they're used. We're, we're doing it. You know, I was talking to scratch bastard like last week and he's like, we're basically life hackers. You know, now that we're in this pandemic, like we're like, Oh, what's that Twitch, a video game platform. Okay. We're on there. We're DJing. Okay. What's this? Like, so in, in the same way, that's, that's, I think why you're so good at that. And that's why DJs can fall into that because, and probably even like you said, big John Platt, like the ability that, that DJ mentality to adapt to anything uh, can be applied to anything in a way down the line. Yeah. I mean, if you think about all the different ways that music is utilized to like exemplify a music, like a, like a movie trailer or a, yeah. a show. And we, we know people that have done music supervision. Um, or crafting intros to shows that become iconic intros. Like there's, there's just so much knowledge that, that, you know, when you say DJ also, or when I say DJ also, like it requires you to like do it right. It requires you to like yes. study and understand music and not just download like the 10 popular songs in the plan. Like that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about the art of DJing, which is like knowing what the hell you're playing and knowing the right time to play and the way to build a night and, yeah. and how to, how to set a room or reset a room. Right. Like those, how to open properly. I always used to tell like people like when I would like, you know, headline DJ or whatever, and there'd be like an opener in a club. Yeah. Like I, I would, I'd always be like, well, don't like play the biggest records, obviously. Like that's like the no brainer, but like your job is like, you have the hardest job, like you have the most important job because you have to set up the entire mood of the night. Like yeah. you could like, you could ruin my night by playing like, not like trying to like be too mindful of me and playing a bunch of whack stuff or garbage. Yep. Like, like you're, you have a really important job. And like, I, I don't think openers, you know, would get the credit because they're like underpaid or like they do it for so cheap or whatever, because they're trying to get in to become a headliner or something. It's like, yo, like that was being an opener is like a really important thing. And I used to always like try and treat openers like with that respect, like, yo, like, thank you. Like for setting up, like you set me up, like, my job is easy. Like what you just did was the hard part. Yeah. You know? No, it's true. So, yeah. It's like stand up comedy too. They got to have the right opener, you know, otherwise they could just ruin the yeah, night. You, can, you know, now, yeah, you can come in and just drop as the headliner. You just drop the biggest record and then the mood changes like that. And then you're off. Like, sure. Well, what yeah. I'm talking about is like the mood, like yeah. getting people ready for that, getting ready and not, you know, just knowing how to, to read the room and how to, how to approach that, you know, that's an art. And like, that's what I'm talking about. When you, when you can, when you know how to do that or when you understand that you can apply that to so many other ways that music is supplemental, like I said, to a, a movie trailer or a show or, 
whatever, you know, um, yeah. creatively. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, and you were mentioning before, like you've toured with a ton of artists, Kanye, obviously you were his tour DJ for a long time. And Rihanna, I mean, I remember seeing you like pictures of you on like jumbo jets DJing with Rihanna. You did some <laughs> crazy tour with her, right? Like going on that plane all over the place. Yeah, she uh, she like for her, I mean, it's, been, it's crazy. It's been so long since her albums and she's released music but the the album was a 777 tour and they came yeah. up with the idea to take a 777 jet full of people and and we did seven seven shows in seven days in seven different countries so like it was like flew out of la we did a show in mexico city went straight back to the plane did a show in toronto got off the went back to the plane did the show the next night in like berlin and then france and london and uh, whatever seven days was um yeah crazy and um and so for that um i didn't like for kanye i was like his backup dj for rihanna i opened for her okay um and so you know you know that like there's a big difference you know like like yeah. you, as you, you've done it plenty um and it also was a kind of a that experience was super life-changing for me not just from an experience of like oh it's one of the biggest stars in the world and I get to open for her, but more so like the musical selection and being able to play, you know, when there's just a bunch of people just staring at you, it's way different than playing in a club. It's like, way different. You, you know, you know, it's, it's just a, it's just a different approach. And yeah. I learned a lot in seven days of that because that was like the first time on a really massive level that I did that. You know, every right. other gig I was doing was like club circuit stuff. Right. Plus you're all part. over the world. I mean, like you're saying from Mexico to Paris <laughs> is a big difference of the type of human beings that will be, you know, looking at you and what, yeah, they're, what thank, they're used thankfully to. Thankfully, the, th- thankfully the common connection was that they all lived Rihanna and yeah. her music is so global mm-hmm. that like her albums have like so much inspiration that you can, as a DJ, you can tap into each one of those. So like, you know, if you're going to Rihanna show that you're open to reggae. You know that if you're going to a yeah. Rihanna show, you're open to pop music. You know if you're going to Rihanna, you're probably open to some like trappy hip hop stuff. Yeah. So, um, so that was like a super fun because that was like the, you know, that was like the the premier part of my career of playing like this like open format, fun set, and none of it was like, um, you know, a lot of it was freestyled on stage. You know, it was like yeah, right. there was like crates to pull from that I generally knew, but it was still like reading the room still yeah. with people staring at you and there was some rough nights and there were some <laughs> nights that were like amazing but like the rough nights were like like the set was supposed to be like an a 45 minute set or an hour set whatever you know yeah and like there was times like <laughs> oh yeah like in stockholm or no it's stockholm or no it was berlin and we're in this like cold ass like factory like converted stadium thing yeah and like I played, I was like on, I was like at like an hour and a half and I was like, all right, she, they should be giving me like the five minute warning. To, <laughs> and they were like, she's not here yet. And I was oh like, well, what do you mean? She's still not here. And they're like, just keep going. And I was like, all right, like, let me start spacing this out a little more. It's like two and a half hours into the set. Oh, and wow. they're like, and the crowd like, just giving you laser the, eyes, like we're gonna the kill crowd you. Was, the crowd was like, "All right, we've put up with you enough, sir. Like, <laughs> sir, please sir, leave. you've done a good job. You've done a good job. But let's let's just break this off while we, before we like throw things at you." And so, like, so like it was like after like three hours, like she shows up. Oh my and they're, like, god! I, and they like finish it, and I finish, and like 
the applause was like much lighter than that night that it was like previously. <laughs> and like <laughs> low key was feeling myself too much and came off stage with like my headphones and went backstage. And I was like, this is, this is, this is terrible. Like this is garbage, whatever. And I just remember like everybody kind of just looked at me like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like you're opening for Rihanna. Like, no, let's just keep it real. Like yeah, everybody, to- everybody tolerates you just fine out there. Like you're doing okay. a great job at all. Yeah. But, like, and I was like, very well. I'll go to my room now. Like, thank. <laughs> have a good night. Um, you like got to from, see yourself in the mirror and be like, okay, maybe I need to shut yeah, the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, but That's it was amazing. it was a it was so humbling and fun. And she's like the nicest, coolest person that I've had the chance to like work with in different areas, and um, always just been the coolest chick, uh, the coolest person. That's um, dope. And and you know, you know, it, it, it's it's definitely something that like I can look back on and be like, that was fun. Like that was super memorable. Yeah, I mean that that was just the pictures alone were legendary. So those stories are crazy. Um yeah. and you you've worked with like a lot of other artists. I mean, I know that through your radio shows and your mixtapes and everything, um, I mean, you've I think broken like artists like Kid Cudi, John Legend, Lady Gaga, Childish Gambino, even Kendrick Lamar, right? Yeah. I mean, some more than others on that list, but right. Like, I um, know you have different stories for each one, but maybe yeah. you could like break like, down like, some of them or yeah. Kid Cudi, yeah, you like, have a cut, crazy relationship with, right? Yeah. Cudi, Cudi, Cudi is a good one for me on my, on my profile or my portfolio because you know, there's certain records that you stand behind as a DJ that you're like, just really like proud of, you know I mean? There's other records I, that, you know, I could say, Oh, I played it first, but like, right. It was a hit. Like it was like, nobody, everybody could have saw that a mile away. Um, with Cuddy, the day and night record, um, you know, by, by nature of the Kanye crew, his, his A&R playing Pat was kind of managing Cuddy and, and A&R it as well. And he played me the day and night record. Um, and I took like the unmixed version of it and just started playing it on like my Wednesday night show on, on the radio. And in, I just remember people just being like, like, what is this record? Like, what yeah. the heck is this? Like, it's like not hip hop, but it's not anything yeah what is this and people weren't used to those slow beats like they are now i feel like you know now to have a beat that slow is acceptable but yeah yeah. it was super an exposed vocal and it was like lonely stoner you know lines and people were just like people it was just intriguing but anyway i mean you can't take credit for the record being what the record was but i certainly was the first person like really support it and to the point where um the other person that really jumped behind it and eventually when the crookers remix dropped too um was uh steve aoki and we we ended up between the two of us we ended up um and we didn't know each other like steve and i didn't know each other but we both wanted to get him to la to to do shows and so um we arranged for him to come out and he did like whatever um steve was doing i don't know if it was um cinespace uh, maybe cinespace or something Um, yeah and and then i had him come do like a club night with me like in orange county and um and so we flew him and like the first time he i went to pick him up to go to orange county because he was just gonna ride with me so i picked him up in like my honda accord off of fairfax by the farmer's market and they hop in and like i texted um eric deluxe who was on the radio that at that time in the afternoons and i was like yo can you play the record we're about to be in the car and and so he did and like cuddy was like in the backseat of my accord, like calling his friends back in Cleveland and such like, like, yo, no, they're playing my record on the radio. Yes. It's like the middle of the day. Like this is in crazy. LA. Like that's yeah, insane. Like, yeah. And, um, that's and it's so like just dope. moments like that, that like, you know, 
are meaningful and, and just knowing also like what an artist like Cuddy has meant to like music. Um, because when I look at like a majority of Gen Z inspired, not even just Gen Z now, but like for like the last seven to 10 years, like the inspiration of like NERD, Cuddy and Kanye is like written all over their, you know, DNA. Yeah. And so I think that, um, I think that Cuddy has been a huge, uh, voice in like the evolution of music and like this non-genre conformative um yeah. style so that's what that's an artist and, and a song that i'm particularly proud of like finding and like like supporting first you know yeah i mean um, he, he was probably one of the beginning um artists to ever merge i mean if during the like blog house and the rise of electro and steve aoki merging the hip-hop and that sound like you're saying with the crookers remix and with the steve aoki yeah. uh, it was finally accepted by like mainstream club people hip-hop people electro house kind of people you know and and all those yeah. people had been so like separated yeah definitely partition we were on different like lanes they didn't even talk and then it was like oh you could play this song into this that's crazy yeah it was like it was almost like you could have a club night and have like two different djs like the hip-hop dj and the dance dj and then like it was like all right time for a hip-hop set all right let's break for a dance set and then like this this um you know not just to cuddy but just in general that was the period of like Oh, you can mix it all together really well. Yeah, he was off. like the Venn diagram with like those two yeah. circles. And then he's that middle key that would just like bring it together. So, yeah. yeah, I think that's huge. And that's a testament to your ear. Like you're saying, you stood behind it. I mean, you could have been like, uh, this is kind of weird. You know, like you knew what to listen to from all your experience with the mixtapes and all all the stuff, I think. Yeah, I mean, that was like, that's always been the most, that was always the most fun thing was finding records that were untraditional yeah. and, and make, trying to make them the biggest thing possible. And then, and then other stuff like, you know, um, like Gaga yeah. was, was just something that like, she, the record was out for a while. Um, the just dance record and it wasn't doing well, um, by like, pers- by like, like they were going to drop it or not drop it. They just, were going to stop pushing that as a single. Yeah. Um, and I was like sitting, I would listen to it. I was like, man, I love this record. I love this pop record. Like, yeah, it's so, it's just so good. I love pop music. And, um, and so I had my, my noon show, which was that show that like was, I was playing dance and hip hop mixed together, like in the middle of the day at lunch break for, right. for LA. And I just started playing it. And the story, as it was told to me, was that like Jimmy Iovine, who was at Interscope at the time, it had gotten to him somehow, or he had heard it, or someone had told him that, that I was playing it every day. Uh, probably not like reflex playing, more so like it's on the radio. Like I'm not trying to give myself that much credit, but like, um, but like his people called me like, and we're like, yo, are you really playing this record? I was like, yeah, I'm playing this record every day until they tell me to stop. Um, and the record started like really going off. So here, so that they reinvested money into re launching the campaign. They like reserviced it and put new ad dates to radio and like went again at it. And at the time, Troy Carter, her manager and, um, Vincent Herbert, who was her A&R, I didn't have a relationship with them and they reached out to me. Vincent did actually first to say thanks because he was then he's the one that told me the story and he was like you know like thank you bro like thanks for believing in this record like if there's anything she can do for you or we can do for you and i hadn't even i had never met her or anything and i was like cool 
and then like that record took off and then i guess maybe paparazzi was next or something i don't know i, I yeah, think it was paparazzi or, or poker face wasn't kid cuddy yeah, on the poker face remix or something <laughs> i think that was late i think poker face was later I think yeah it was, it was a little bit later i remember the I very pop- beginning she would come like i would do area wednesdays and they're like this girl She'd lady gaga out. is gonna perform Sunglasses, they had her perform yeah, yeah. yeah she, she comes in wearing like mirror broken mirrors on herself and sunglasses yeah. and had backup dancers and and it was just like she was nobody at the time and they were like she's going to perform and we're like what is going on but it was unbelievable yeah. she took over the club and like captivated everyone no matter what even if they didn't know her it was yeah she um i mean gosh it's crazy like you see what how what she's become in the world but she right. um uh so so as paparazzi i think was going off she was becoming like a real thing because of the fashion stuff everything was like becoming like yeah major right and i had called i had, so i called vincent herbert and i was like yo i need a <laughs> i need a favor um because the previous year i had i had had kanye and common perform at my birthday party right and um as like surprise guests and was yeah. like crazy at area, at area and like and it was the first time he, he performed like um all the music from graduation so it was like the first time him performing stronger and good life this is like his first time performing them in front of people crazy and he, and so he did it at my birthday so the next year i was like damn i gotta like do something tight and um and so i so gaga's taken off and i was like yo can she come to my birthday party i just want her to like come like attend and just like show love yeah and they and and they're i was like i'll base the date of my birthday party around when she can come because i know it's going to be important right so they're like, well, she gets back from Japan on this day, but she has this thing to go to, but she'll be in LA for like 24 hours. And I was like, I'll do my, I'll do my birthday that night. And so, um, that's how I would always like kind of plan, you know, to make it like eventful. Yeah. And, um, and I wasn't going to like advertise her there. I just wanted her to be there. Right. Um, just, so I knew it'd be like a good look. Um, so they're like, all right, cool. She like, we have her confirmed whether or not she's like awake and shows up like it's a whole nother story, but like, we yeah. can try. So then. So then I was thinking about it and I called back and I was like, like after they confirmed, I called back and I was like, one more thing. And they were like, yeah. And I was like, I need her to like sing me happy birthday at my birthday party. Can she do that? <laughs> and they were like, let us ask. And then she was like, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Like she knew that I had helped. And so she right. was super, um, not happy to do it, but she showed up to do it. And, but what was crazy was like Kanye had just gotten back in town off a tour as well. And just like all the stars lined that night where like Kanye came, Gaga was there, like at that era, like LMFAO. Yeah. Um, I had just broken this record from like DJ class that like I'm the ish record. Oh yeah. Like, so he was in town. So I had all these people that had all these like cool records out and like, it was just weird. Like it was just a ton of people and like all of our DJ homies like that I knew were there and like, um, it was just a fun night. And so like, I guess that was always like my thing was like, I always would just support artists and then like, after the fact that they could help me out or do something with me then cool if not like it wasn't like i'm not supporting you no more it was just like yeah I, i'd always extend the olive branch and and i think like when you do good by people and don't be like yo if you don't do this for me i'm not gonna do it for you like i just always put myself out there and then somehow good things for the most time always return exactly but that was like a fun a fun that's that was so a, dope a fun, well it's the same yeah. it goes back to the like djing jay-z beyonce party and like them knowing you're not gonna ask for the picture you know it's like you just have to you put in your work, but you don't need to like be pushy and just, annoying. Yeah, I you just, know? yeah. I just always believe that if you if you if you do good and you just you just um, are respectful and you do good things, and it, and if it doesn't come around, then like fuck them. <laughs> yeah, but like 
but like um yeah it's it's always been kind of like the way I've, I've tried to do business is like just do good and support artists first like support the art and then somehow it, i've been lucky that it's always for the most part come back to me right it's and like, so yeah. speaking of jay-z and like the jay brown thing you were mentioning earlier um are you still like managed by rock nation or do you work with them or how does that uh work yeah, in your career I mean, right now yeah like like i've i haven't I'm just now like working on music again. Oh, um, and um, there, yeah, you know, Jay Brown is like my industry father. Right. You know I mean, like I, I'm at this point, I talk to him like a couple of times a year for advice or even like about life and such. Yeah. So, so they, they're always kind of like, to me, it's like family. Like it's, it, there's people there that are like family to me, like literally, and so they're always helpful to me and such. So, um, yeah, that's dope. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's a good, good family to be part of. Good, amazing mentor uh, to be in your yeah. life. Obviously, that's amazing. Yeah. That's so cool. Um, and like, we're both uh, something we do share is our sons are friends in real life, yeah. Uh, yeah. and uh, we're both dads. How do you balance that, like that part of your life, like your family life with all of this and having to constantly go to meetings and, and, you know, yeah. b- before well, when you're traveling, like, um, yeah, I mean, it took a toll, man. I'm sure you can relate to anybody yeah. that becomes a dad that act- for, for, for dads that actually are man moms and female yeah. DJs, um, that actually like give a shit about their kids. Like it's a, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's difficult. And I, I, it's something I struggled with, um, and not to turn this to a complete therapy session, but like I. I, I was not ready to be a dad. Um, when I became a dad, I thought I would be fine. Um, but it took me shit. I'm still figuring it out, but it, um, I think we all are. I mean, I, I learned a new lesson this Sunday. You know what I mean? We're all just figuring it out. Like as we go, of course. Yeah. But like initially that, that transition, like the good thing about DJ is like, you're used to like really terrible shitty hours and early flights and late nights. So like having a newborn, like you're kind of built for that. Yeah, uh, but true. like when, when it comes to, but when it comes to actually parenting and being around, like I kind of, it's, it's the reason why I stopped DJing the typical DJ circuit that I was doing. Yeah. Um, because I was able to do some other things that financially I was good. Um, I didn't want to keep sacrificing my time and energy of like being half awake or mostly asleep on a Sunday or Saturday, recovering from a late night before yeah um or not being around on whatever like it's something that i um i had to find i had to figure out the balance too and for me it was to stop djing a lot um and 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 passing on a lot of a lot of opportunities and gigs and 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 you know gigs that made a lot of sense before because i could go make a make you know get a bag for you know going out to wherever for the night yeah um I actually got to a point where I was like, mm, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. Like I'll, right. I'll pass. Like I want to, I want to be, be with my kid this weekend or, you know, whatever. And, you know, and, and, and with that comes, comes stress and guilt too, because then like three days later, I'm like, oh, damn, I should have probably got that bag, right. you know, or I should have, I should have done this or whatever, whatever. But. No, it's a constant battle. I mean, I remember we went to San Diego together and you're like, all right, this is my bag. I'm going to get just, you know, this one gig, I get, I get to do this and then I'm going to not go out of town anymore, you know? And 
that's yeah, the, or go straight home. Decision. Like I stopped, I stopped, I stopped staying. I stopped right. staying over. Right, we drove city. back that night. I remember I drank too uh, much, and you drove my car back. <laughs> I was, yeah, I, so that's how I was. I was like, I, that's like you know, it it was a luxury to like, yeah, you know, drink and have fun, and and then pass out, and then t- you know, come back whenever the next day. Right. But I was like, no, nah, like I don't. I want to wake up with my kid tomorrow. I want to spend the day with them um, because I, <laughs> I want to go to do this with them or whatever. Right. So no, it's true. And that's that, like, yeah. That's been the silver yeah, yeah. lining of of this quarantine thing in a way because, yeah, I've been going hard just nonstop uh, up until this happened in a way, you know, and I would pick and choose here and there, but yeah. but I was just like constantly going and being forced to be yeah. home has really taught me a lot about I, it. I've, I learned that, first of all, even this is for people that aren't DJs can relate to this, right? Like yeah. we live in a day where you're used to scrolling all day and trying to keep up with news and social media. And you just, you're just, you're just consuming information constantly. Right. And, and so even without the DJ aspect of like being out or doing any of that such like having kids and parenting in this era of like attention spans, not just for us, but for our kids that are like seeing us do this. And now they're on their iPads and they're doing this and they're working technology. Like they're teenagers when they're five Yes. Um, it's caused me to try and I fail still, but what I try and do is bust my ass late at night when my, my kids are asleep and I get as much work done as I can. And I stay up and I get all my creative juice and this and this out. And then when I'm home with my kids, um, I put, I leave my phone in the other room. I turn it, I put it in and unless there's like something super crazy that I'm expecting a phone call for. I'm in a situation like in my life where if there's an emergency, <laughs> um, there's nothing I can do. Like, <laughs> yeah, like uh, over the phone, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's not that important. Like, right. Like, like if, if somebody was like, yo, DJ spiders choking on a, on a chicken wing right now, like you got to help them. I'd be like, <laughs> I, I, there's nothing I can do over the phone. Like he's across town. Like it's going to be, oh, I'm going to move you out of that part of dead. my phone. It says call yeah, reflex yeah, yeah. if choking yeah, take on me a... out of that. Like there's nothing, there's, there's nothing I can do. No, well you're you know with I mean? the people so, that you're, that are the most important to I, you, you know? So I'm going to wake course. up, I'm going to wake up to the bad news that you died eating a chicken bone the next that's, day regardless. That's going to be sad so, if that happens. Yet. <laughs> so I'm going to be like, oh man, I, I wish I was, you know, laying next to him when it happened. I wish I was seated next to him when it <laughs> happened. You. I could have, I could have tried to help. But there's nothing you can do over the phone. So there's no reason for me to have my phone on 24 hours. When I go to bed, yes. my phone's off. Like, right. like some people leave their phones on and then it vibrates. Like, no. Like when I do go to bed, which I don't like to sleep, but when I do, I, I put it off and I, I'm focused. So I try and do that. Like I feel, I feel like if you're trying to be on your phone, watch TV, talk to your kid while you're on, like whatever your profession is, like you're going to not do everything well. So I'd rather yeah. like focus and compartmentalize my day and be like, all right, I'm going to do this well for a few hours and then I'm going to turn it off and do this. And does it overlap sometimes? Yes, certainly not perfect, but that's at least the goal. Yeah, but if you have it in your mind and you're conscious of what's happening, I feel like that's the most important thing, you know, and you can keep trying. Obviously, you're going to make mistakes. No one's perfect. But if that's yeah. something that's important to you. That's the goal, man. That, that's the goal. And and I don't do it every day, but like my goal is to like leave my phone in the room and to give my kids quality time. Because like yeah. when you talk to kids and if you have kids like they, when they talk to you, like they're like focused, like they're right. like. Because they don't have the like, phone to look at. That that's what you notice. Like you're they, like you, you take for granted that you'd be able to be like, oh yeah, sorry, hold on, kid. But the kid's like, I don't have a phone. I'm just staring at you, trying to talk like a normal human. Yeah, you know. And not just that, but they consume like you know when they're little, like they they um they consume every detail of what you say and they say it back. So what I what I've figured yeah. out now is like 
now that like our kids are, are a little bit older, our oldest or my oldest and you're only, um, yep. he, he's, he's finding stuff like he watches and like, he tries to apply it in real life. Like it's a saying or the way he says something like he'll try and say it. Like yeah. the other day he was like, I said something and, and he was like, duh, or something. <laughs> and I was like, all right, I know you saw that somewhere. Let me explain how like, that's rude. I under, totally understand why you said it. And like, kudos, like you used it correctly. Yeah. But you know, so, so they're, they're, they're in this, they're absorbing so much because we, there's so much happening and we're supporting that by being on our phones and, and such. Um, it, you know, it's, I don't know. Obviously, I wasn't a parent anytime before this, but I, I feel like parenting now has got to be is like the hardest thing in the world. Yeah, you know, crazy. and and being so back to the the original point of like juggling a DJ lifestyle, or at least a typical DJ lifestyle pre COVID, and being out late and living that life, it's it's a difficult balance. Um, right. And and everybody's different. You know, for me, I I started enjoying I started enjoying hanging out with my kids a lot more than being with people in the club. Yeah, of course. You know. Yeah. So. And like you said, being nowadays being a parent and being a DJ or whatever you are, every, you're expected to be always on or always available. Like this fool's not responding, you know, or he didn't write back my email or text and it's like yeah. it's fine. You know, like like they're going to hit you back eventually, yeah. you know, like and, let and me live on my time. And and now and and also it was unprof- unprofessional a year ago it was unprofessional to be like on a phone call and your kids like yelling or crying on the back now. But now that everybody's <laughs> in the same boat, yeah. Like I was on a, I was on a call the other day with like Dave Grohl and like, like, like a group like thing. And like yeah. my three-year-olds just like walking behind me, like hitting me with things and doing stuff. And I'm just like, yeah. Like, and he's like, yeah. And nobody like, said, and nobody even like said anything. Like nobody cares. It's like, it's of fine. Course. Like, yeah. We're all, yeah. we're all in this together at this point. We're all yeah. jammed inside. Yeah, we're all. I know <laughs> that's the truth. Wait. And you yeah. said you don't like to sleep. Like, do you really just not sleep or what? Uh, I, I, I hate sleeping. It's like, it feels like the most unproductive thing. I don't get me wrong. When, once I'm comfortable and like in bed, it's hard to like get out of it. So what's but your routine? Like, what's your like sleep routine? If you have one, uh, I go to bed, um, at the earliest midnight. Um, I try to push myself to stay up to like two and then I'm back up at like six thirty-seven. Damn. <laughs> um, Do you ever just crash out from all that? Like, you know, like, or I can't, Right. If if I don't have a kid hanging on me, I got like work to do or I got something that I'm trying to do. Of course. Like I'm I'm the type that like because I have um responsibilities in, in business that I have to do on a timely basis, um, and being a parent and, and you know, um as well. Um any creative time or things that I actually want to get to, I have to make time for that. Yeah. And they'll and if and if and I can't cut that out of the other two. So the only right. place to get that is like out of my sleep. Yeah. So, so currently like my creative really starts like once, like my kids go to bed and at nighttime where, you know, I normally go to a club or go to a studio, I'm, I'm working on music or I'm digging in, you know, I'm listening to albums or I'm digging in deeper on artists or going into scenes of music that are interesting and trying to learn more about a certain thing. So I, you know, I treat music like, um, like I don't know it. You know what I mean? I treat music like, um, there's, because there is literally, um, uh, because there's literally, um, new things that are emerging all the time. I, uh, I try and, um, be knowledgeable of it and it it requires effort. It's like going to school. It's like, I feel like I'm reading textbooks every night, trying to get smarter and, and know more so that when I sit and talk to someone the next day and they bring up something, I'm like, 
oh, I know what you're talking about. I yeah. know about this, this, and this. And they're like, oh, shit, you know about that? And I'm like, yeah. And then we can actually have a musical conversation. If I don't do my homework before those meetings, then I just look like I don't deserve my job. Yeah, no, that's tr- that's so true. Like, I try to stay up on it no matter what. Even during this quarantine, like, whenever this the new music playlists come out on the services, like, I'll try to go through as many as yeah, I, I can. You know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Like, and I'll try to yeah. make sure you know. And same, I want to support. I'm, you know, I might, I'm not I, whatever platform I have. Like, I want to make sure um, matters, these artists man. get it known. And 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 it, a lot of times people hit me in my stories like. I didn't know about this. This is dope. I'm like, thank God, even if one person just found it from yeah. my story, that's who knows yeah. how exponential DJs, that could go up. You know, dude, DJs, there's, there's people that have, there's people that don't have the time of the day for whatever their careers are and such that they're lean back audience, right? They listen to the radio. They just, they're consumers. Yeah. They don't have time to build playlists. They don't have time to do that as DJs. You're, I think your job is to go be beyond that and to lean forward and to discover and find new things and, and show those people what's cool otherwise like you're just a consumer like right. like you know what i mean like like yeah what are, you, what are you doing so so yeah um I, you know i see you do that I see, I, I see how much you like support and i think like no matter if you got like 20 followers or five thousand followers or two whatever like sharing a story or something like that matters especially in a day where like artists can literally be independent and put music up like yeah if you get a, if you get five new super fans because reflex posted it and those five people like start following you those are five people that like are going to then see to five more people in this. And, and I think DJs can relate to that, especially when it comes to like Twitch yeah. or things, because everybody's trying to build these fan bases or followings of, of network. Yeah. And so it's no, it's no different for artists, like for, for, you know, well, DJs are artists, but like musical artists, um, yeah. you know, every, every retweet, every post is a meaningful one. Um, and I, you know, I really believe that. So, uh, yeah. I think, I think, I think it's important for, for people to, to spread that. Yeah. And to even learn the different ways they could be out there. Like I'll have people on the podcast or different artists and I'm like, yo, you should be on Kenny Beats's Twitch or this and that, you know, there's different avenues that you could be getting in with music and different people that is not the traditional way at this point, you know, and you go in yeah. discord and there's so many different things, you know, to constantly stay up on. Like you're saying, people are sharing music in private discords that people don't even know about, but there's 50,000, 80,000 people in there all sharing it with each other that exponentially that could turn into millions within a couple months. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, obviously like social media has become a DJ's platform to show whatever you want to show of yourself, like personality or skills or musical taste or family life or whatever. Yeah. Um, and if you're, if you take pride in music discovery, then share that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Share I that, so. share that with people. Um, I think that's just, uh, you know for me that's that's certainly a role that i've will always have yeah. no matter if i'm at a major company or if i'm like the old guy living in the desert by myself like you know yeah. i'm gonna be you come over i'm gonna be like come listen to this album over here i've discovered it it's pretty cool listen to this solo like exactly yeah i like being cool able to talk to like 20 year old kids and be like yo i'm up on this you know and they're like oh how do you know about that i'm like yo i'm like constantly listening to this stuff and so. and sharing and also i think i think sharing not just socially, but like literally having conversations like we're having, like, yeah, like, um, like I'm at my, I'm at my friend's house right now as we take this and he's, he, he's an agent and he's like super up on just a lot of awesome new emerging things from around the world and such. And we sit down and he just plays and stuff and I play him and it's like our own little fun musical battle where it's like, yo, you heard this, you heard this. And it's just like, yeah. you know, it, it's just 
it's just fun and you discover so much cool shit. And like, again, like it's one of those things, like once you open a door somewhere that could open like 20 more doors of, of, yeah. of ideas or music and such. Yeah. So I don't yeah. know. Music, music's my shit, man. Like, yeah, I like, know. You know I mean? like that, I love it's it. always like, I wasn't very good at sports. Like I was decent, but like my brother was way better. So it was like the thing as a teenager that like, once I figured out DJing and how to play records, I was like, this is awesome. And like, when I'm in a bad mood, I'm going to play music. And when I'm happy, I'm going to play music. And when I'm sad, I'm going to play music. Yeah. And this is, this is dope. So like, you know, I, I, I watched a, a podcast you did prior with, I think white shadow where you guys were just like, I think you were making the point like, yo, like how did I make a career out of this? Like, um, yeah. To this day, like there isn't a moment where I'm like, how did this, how, like, when did that happen? It's just been a journey, mm-hmm. but to, to be to do to have done any of the some some of the stuff that I've been lucky enough to do like it's like yo like how like I'm not I wasn't born to this I, I didn't have a a dad that owned a record label I didn't have a a family right. that like came from like you know making music or anything like my family was like railroad railroad workers and like military and things you know and and um very blue collar jobs and such and music just happened to be the thing that I fell into and like was protected to do because my cousins like when people wanted to like beat me up or like you know, try and get me to join a gang or something. It was like, no, no, no. Like, that's not his thing. Like he does music, leave him alone. And I was like, thanks. Like, <laughs> not, not really, not really good with these. Like, like I'm like, You're like, I'm going to make you. a joke and play you a dope song. All right, peace. Yeah. yeah I'll make you a mixtape while you go like steal shit. <laughs> that's true. Damn. That's, that's inspirational, man. I think it'll be inspirational to a lot of people. Um, well, before we get out of here, um, we got a couple of questions from the internet. Are you cool with me asking those? Uh, hopefully. Yeah. yeah okay. Let's see. You don't have to answer them. It was just, uh, DJ Rick G, uh, wrote in and asked about you working at in and out in Barstow and said, uh, ask him about when Tupac came by on his way to Vegas for the Tyson fight. <laughs> Is that a real story? Yeah. So, um, the, I only had two of the jobs outside of music. One was the in and out, which is in that, it's like a big in and out on the way to Vegas where everybody kind of stops there. Yeah. That's and like the in and out. Yeah. So I worked there and I was already DJing like in Barstow. I was like 16, but I worked there in the summer for, for like one summer. Okay. And, um, and like, was like, thought I was too cool. Like I was like handing out food. Like when there'd be like cute girls coming like on the way to Vegas, I'd be like, you know, I'm just, this is just part time, you know, I'm a DJ. <laughs> right. And they'd be like, they'd be like, cool. Can I get some ketchup? And I'd be like, cool, <laughs> here you go. Here's a mixtape too. Um, but that internet was crazy. Cause I met, when I say met, it wasn't like I sat down and had like career advice conversations <laughs> that it was like, can I take a picture with you? Or can I like say hi? Right. Um, but like George Clooney would like eat there or like, um, it, just random people, but Tupac stopped there. Um, like his whole crew like stopped on the way out from the outside. And so, yeah, wow. I got to do a little that with, with Pac that, like on his way before he like got murdered. That's um, crazy. Wow. That's, that's insane the, to think about. Yeah. Yeah. The in and out was, yeah, it was, it was crazy. Cause like to this day, I think every, well, people that still drive obviously, but like, that's like the stop point, like, you know, to use a restroom and eat a burger and then keep going. Oh, I've been to that in and out a million times. You know, <laughs> yeah. every drive to Vegas, you got to stop there. And I feel like yeah. uh, there'll probably be a resurgence now with COVID. No one wants to fly anymore, so the in and outs going to yeah, be yeah. popping. <laughs> I um, one one if you remember, obviously you remember Tatiana Ali from yeah, Fresh Prince of, of Bel Air, yeah. So she she went through there, and I was in the back of In and Out, and my job was to, like peel the potatoes, yeah, and like to make them into like French fry material, yeah. like and um, 
And um, by the time it was like the game of telephone, by the time it got back to me, it was that Tyra Banks was in the like dining room. <laughs> but what but what they said was Ashley Banks from Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Wow. So I was like, Tyra Banks. I was like, oh my God. And then there and then I figured out it was Tatiana Lee and I was equally excited because I was like, yeah, That's Tatiana Lee. Course. She has a record she has a record called Daydream. It's awesome. Yeah. And um so I sprinted out to the parking lot and her family was like in a minivan and they're like driving off and I'm like in like in and out clothes yeah. with like my apron and I had like a timesheet. And, and as they're like shutting the door, I'm like, I think I might've got fired for coming out here. Can I get autographed? And she like crawled out from the back of the minivan and came out and she said, she wrote on the timesheet, I hope Anthony, I hope you didn't get fired. Love Tatiana <laughs> Lee. And I still have it somewhere. But then like later That's in life, as, like, I, as I started living in LA and meeting people, like I ended up at like a dinner with her. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, can I tell you a story? And like, it was like the most awkward, like I told her and she was like, oh my god and i was like no like you made my day and she like thought it was like the sweetest thing and i was like you had like you didn't have to do that you like crawled out in the back that's but anyway so yeah that, that's what that's the stuff that happens at that in and out so if you want to break into the industry take a job at in and out and see uh, take every so opportunity you, you think in and out peeling the fries yeah. you're not going to meet uh tupac and tatiana ali and george clooney okay. could have been in yeah. oceans 11 you don't know <laughs> yeah uh, that's yeah. that's so dope. Um, all right, one more. Jay Espinoza, legendary. Shout out to Rick G for that too. But Jay Espinoza first asked how you got so cute. So I don't know if you want to answer that. But uh, also, he wants to know about the secret party, so, which this is secret. So I don't know if you're he's kind of, even he's talking kind of about bra- it. Yeah, it's fine because <laughs> there's, there's no NDAs involved. All right, but, let, um, let, me, let me read it out. He says, there's a secret party you did in Napa where Jay-Z, Rihanna, and Timberland were there, and Jay-Z was rapping Cal- Tupac's California Love and gigging really hard on the dance floor. I don't, I don't remember some... that, but he remembers that, I guess. <laughs> that's his, yeah, yeah, his so adi- was, that's the telephone part of the story that he made up. <laughs> so it was, so it was, it was, um, yeah, it was, it was Jay Brown's birthday. So um, okay. he had asked me to, D- he had asked me to DJ it. So I wasn't like, I wasn't like a guest per se, even though we're friends. He was like, can you DJ it? And I was like, do I get to sit at the dining table? And he was kind of like, no, you'll be in the room waiting for us to come in after we finish our dinner. And then you're going to DJ. And I was like, totally fine. Um, (laughs) You're like, I'm there. But but anytime I ever did events for like Jay or Beyonce or Rihanna, like I already knew it was going to be like a, like a marathon. Um, It'd be like, can you be like, can you be here at noon until never like any (laughs) time? Two days later. Yeah. And so I hit Jay because it was up in Napa and I was like, yo, are you in town? Um, will you come with me? Because one, I'm going to need a bathroom break at some point. And two, like I can trust you to like play good music. Right. Um, obviously. And so he like obliged and he was nice enough to like pick me up himself in his car and he drove me out to Napa. So we got there and it was like, a, it was, you know, it was an intimate dinner. So it was like, like probably 30 people. Yeah, and so we ended we ended up in this winery, and it was just like this like beautiful candlelit like thing, and and so then people might you know you know this right like the, the number one rule of like a DJ in Hollywood or Vegas for the most yeah. part now it's different because there's a lot of egos involved, um, but like you never played the, like if you're cool you didn't play the artist record while they're there right like unless they like requested it like which if you were a cool artist you didn't well like you know what yeah. I'm saying. Maybe some of the people you mentioned earlier might be doing that, but (laughs) yeah, Yeah, like, like I, I just, I knew like if I did a Jay Z party, like if I played a Jay Z song at like Beyonce's birthday, yeah, no, no, it's just some weirdo, weirdo shit. Yeah, yeah, he would have been like, "What the hell's wrong?" So I like, so imagine showing up, and this is like peak era of music for like all of them. 
Yeah. And it's like, now I, I'm thinking like, I can't play Jay-Z. I can't play Rihanna. I can't play Beyonce. I can't play Timbaland. I can't play, um, I think maybe, I don't know if Swizz was there. Like there was a bunch of people there. Right. And it was only, and it was like 30 people. So it's like an intimate room. It's like a yeah. smaller room of people. So I'm like, damn, I can't play. I don't know what I'm going to play for hours tonight. Um, so I was pretty nervous to be honest. Um, and then shout out to Timbaland because he came in and this is when he had just done um uh, uh fuck with me you know i got it for, oh yeah for, for jay-z so um he came in i'm playing like some like vibey cool stuff he's like yo we're about to do a round of shots and everybody's drinking wine but somehow they had tequila so they're like we're gonna bring out they're gonna bring out shots and when they do that drop fuck with me you know i got it and i told tim i was like you you got to stand next to me bro like you got to be right next to me when i drop it because if jay looks at me like Jay Z looks at me, yeah. Like I'm, I'm gonna be like, <laughs> yeah. He, he, I'm not responsible. Yeah. yeah, I don't want, I don't want to take the L here. So he was like, I got you, I got you, let's do it. So he came in and I dropped it, down and it has that intro, you know. So I dropped it from the intro, and sure enough, Jay was like, and I was like, ah, <laughs> and um, and Timbalin, and Timbalin was like, like this, and and then Jay was like, and I was like, ah. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> and, and, and because Timbaland allowed me to do that, it became, um, it was the first time I'd ever done a party like that where the gloves were off and it was like, okay to play everybody's music because it was more like a celebration for everybody. Yeah. It was more like if I played a re-record, it was like everybody being like, yo, like, like props to you. Like this is a banger. Like, yeah. And it was the first time I'd ever, seen that happen in like that star studded kind of circle where they all like were like yeah play my shit it's cool like i fuck with it it's my record like and that, like i had never experienced it before because any other time i've done been around things it's like no nah, don't play don't play don't play yeah. um and so it was just so jay was with me and we just got like we got smashed off of wine and it just kept going and going and then like it ended and we ended up going down to like the wine cellar of this thing and we're like like it's called like cheating or whatever. Where they put the thing directly into the barrel. The wine we're drinking out of the barrels and like Rihanna, like, like everybody's just having a an amazing time. And it was just again, it was just like gloves off, respectful. Nobody's taking pictures. Nobody's doing anything. It's just everybody just being normal, like what any normal person would be. It's just the biggest right. stars in the world. Yeah. And like, and then like Jay, like we went back and like stayed in the same. Like he stayed, like we crashed in like the room together, like at this like you know really nice place and like lit the fire and like the joke is always like between me and jay espinoza like remember that time we like went to napa and had that nice little like cottage with a fire and we like slept in the bed together or whatever it was you know um and uh and it's just a great it's just a great dj memory that you you know obviously like jay is one of my favorite djs and yeah. um one of the most talented people i know and and it was fun for him to be there for that because that's also one of those things that like you lead by yourself and you're like damn, I don't even know who to tell about this. Like, so yeah, like him, people aren't going to believe me to the yeah. extent of what this was like. Like I've left parties like that where I'm like, who can I call that will actually believe me? Cause it sounds fake. Every, my memory feels like fake in my head. You know, yeah. Like, like I, I like for him to be like, Jay was rapping California love. I'm like, I don't remember. I don't remember that at all. Like, right. But, all right. <laughs> yeah, sure. But it was, yeah, that was a, like those parties. I mean, there's just, those are fun, man. Yeah. Like those, those intimate things and i i enjoy that more now than big rooms like doing a backyard right. party where i'm just playing fun stuff and like with people that enjoy music like that's like what i enjoy the most now when it comes to djing oh yeah of course 
That's dope. Well, yo, I don't want to take up uh, any more of your time. I know you're going to stay up late, but uh, let you go get back to whatever you're doing. Um, before we get out of here, um, do you have any kind of final advice for the DJs out there that are just either trying to find their way or doing their thing during this time? Um, anything you want to leave them with? Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I guess the only thing I think of when I think about what all the DJs, especially for right now, um, is just to recalibrate your careers if, if djing is your career and it's not just like a hobby or like side hustle because that's different but if it's your career think about the talent that you have think about all the other areas that that talent can be utilized and figure out how to get there because there's a ton of i don't say a ton of jobs um there's a ton of opportunity yeah and you know companies are only getting bigger and bigger people are making more and more content music is a part of every single element of all those things and um there's a need for you like there's a need for you beyond just playing parties if you want to explore that and i would encourage people to not think that there's huge hurdles to do that if they want to like it's it's all accessible and like you know we were joking a little bit earlier but like you know like linkedin yeah like like it's real like you know, um, right. You know, there's, there's, there's companies and there's people that could really use your expertise in a certain type of music and such. And, um, your job is just to figure out how to get there, you know, like how to, how to connect the dots and such. And, and, um, I guess also the other thing is I always say like, be, um, be honest with yourself and that could be good or bad. Like, yeah. like, like we said, like when I tried to enter battles when I was like 17 and like, looked at like the tape afterwards of my performance and I was like, that's what it looked like. Like <laughs> it, it felt so much cooler when I was doing it. Right. Um, but then I saw it and I was like, yeah, yeah. don't like to my friends. Like, yeah, don't, don't let me do that. Like that's, that's, that's not cool. Like I'm going to go, I'm going to go figure something. I'm going to go make some mixtapes. Um, <laughs> and so, um, and like, just like be honest with yourself about what, you know, re recalibrate, be able to look at yourself in the mirror and be honest with yourself of like, is this going to work out for me? Like, you know, is this, is this the right thing I should be doing? Um, and hopefully it is. And hopefully it is like, yeah, I'm going to do this better or I'm going to read, I'm going to, this is working for me. So I'm going to do more of that. Like, you know, everybody has a ton of time on their hands um, through this stay at home situations that people are going in and out of, unless yeah. you're like a DJ in, in Dallas, which apparently in Texas, like you're totally fine. If you're, you're in Florida or Dallas right now, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, good. you're in a yeah. different planet <laughs> <Right>. somehow. <laughs> But like, but like, I just think it's a valuable time to recalibrate. And I also um, would say, you know, super dad advice for DJs, but um, we survived or I've survived thus far. But like, I think back about like when I was like, I felt like I was getting gigs because like the club owners just wanted to like take shots with me and such or whatever. And mm -hmm. it was fine. Like that was, that's what it took at the time to make the money I needed to make at the time and to get the gig that I wanted to get. Right. But um take care of your health, man. And your ears and like really like stuff that sounds like super old people talk. Like I'm fine to give that advice now because it's, it's like really true because it's like, yo, I, I, I know that my hearing in my left ear is slightly not as good as my right because I used to always want my speaker here on the left side and I always wear it here and, um, be mindful of your body. Like, you know, alcohol is, uh, you know, it, just, just be mindful. Like, yeah. just be mindful, take care of yourself. Like, like, you know, and your health and know that like, um djing doesn't require you to do all that stuff you know right. what i mean like like you can you can you can be a great dj and not be drunk yeah um, 
you can you can have fun and not do drugs um, uh, yeah and- no you're right i mean speaking of jay espinoza he tweeted probably a couple of days ago something really similar to that and he was like you know i i remember like trying to get in with these crowds and i thought i was gonna have to do cocaine and he's like i'm so glad i didn't do that looking back on it you know what i mean because yeah. that just wasn't me that wasn't right <laughs> like you know and, yeah, and i, I get it that- Bro, I came up, like, you know, I grew up around, everybody I grew up around smoked weed. Like, that was it. Like, and and um, I remember when I first got to Hollywood and I saw people doing, like, coke. Yeah. I was like, what? Like, oh, my God. Like, like this is, like, this is, like, a, like movie stuff. Like, a like, movie. This, Me, I, too. I, I was like, wait, I, are we in a movie right now? Like, people really yeah, doing we this both, just I, out we in know the open? Right. <laughs> Oh, man, the promoters that you and I both, like, know. Oh, like, my that God. Just come, like, super coked up. And I'd be Crazy. like, yo, this is. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like, he's right. I mean, like, there's. You know, I, you know, and, and that goes to also like respecting your, respecting yourself. Like there was gigs that I walked out on, like literally I left, like I like burned bridges leaving clubs because they were being disrespectful to me or I shut the music off. Yeah, me too. Because, I've like, told stories on here about that. Exactly. You got to keep your yeah. integrity. I seen you, I seen you elbow that woman one time to get her out of the, of the frame. <laughs> I, I was, I was she nice should, there. She, she said, she said, file of assault charges. Um, <laughs> I, I was very soft and I smiled. <laughs> that was, that was not a nudge. Um, <laughs> no, but like, you know, I always, I always was like, man, like, I don't ever want to feel like disrespected. And like, there was times like where I walked out of a gig that I like worked really hard to get into, um, yeah. one time because they wouldn't let my friend in be, and I, I assumed it was because he was, he was, he was African-American. Yeah, and, I've been um, in the same situations. Yeah, and and then they tried to like reason with me and be like, "Yo, man, just start playing the music. We'll get him in later." And then they just kept letting people in, but like they wouldn't let him in. And I just like grabbed my records and I bounced. And like my manager at the time called and was like, "Yo, what? Like what happened?" And I was like, "I left." And they're like, "What? You can't just like what do you mean? It's like the hottest club. Like like we worked. Like, you know, you worked so hard to get into it." And I was like, "I don't want to play that place. Like not yeah. if they treat people like that. Like I'm cool. Like I'm not about that." So. You know, I, I say that because, like, you know, I feel like there's a sense of, like, you know, self-respect that you got to have as a DJ. Like, if you know you're worth something, then then stand by it. And, yeah. and, and if and if they're not willing to give you what you want, then, like, that ain't the right, that ain't the right thing. Yeah, I you think that's I mean? true, like, pay, yeah. Like, like, certainly pay, you know, if you feel like you got to pay your dues or you got to get that look, like, uh, you know, not, you know, get your hustle on. Right. Um, because I, 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 you know, I, I went through that journey as well, but the sooner you realize that you're valuable and like, you can figure out another way to do it yourself, like figure that out, invest in yourself. Yeah. Yeah. That's great advice. And like you said, take advantage of every opportunity, but if you don't take care of yourself, there will, there will be no opportunities cause you'll be all fucked up and dead or, you know, not healthy enough to take advantage of anything. So there's that balance yeah. that you have to find in there. Um, yeah, which is hard, and a lot of people have to go through experiences to learn it. But I think that's yeah. really good advice to everybody. Yes, sir. Yo, DJ Reflex, thank you so <laughs> much for coming on the show, the Twenty Podcast. I really appreciate it, man. Um, thanks that's for great, your man. time and all your sharing, all your experiences and stories it means a lot. And I think people can learn from it. And it was fun catching up with you about everything. Hopefully, I'll yes, see sir. you in real life somewhere soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll see you, brother. Take care. Okay. Ciao. All right, peace. See you guys. All right, that was it. Thank you so much to DJ Reflex for coming on the 20 Podcast. That was an amazing interview. Great stories. So much insight. Really appreciate it. Great words for all the DJs out there. Um, so please go give him a follow and uh, check him out from now on. And thank you guys 
all the listeners for tuning in. I really appreciate it every week. The 20 Podcast is produced by BeatSource. Join us next week for more interviews as we discuss music that matters to DJs. I'm DJ Spider, and I will see you next time. Peace. And that was The 20 with DJ Spider.